Hey everyone, and welcome to the Anime Addicts Anonymous Interviews, a title that I totally didn't just make up. Today we are going to You totally did just make that up. I I might have just made that up. But we're going to have our biannual, quarterly, every other month, something interview with Peter Payne. That's right. The founder of JList.com, for those of you who don't know, our sponsor on the show and the place that you should go and check out to get all of your anime goodies. So welcome and thank you for joining us again, Peter. Hello, nice to be here. So before we started this recording, you had started to mention that JList.com was already getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, like like for us, we have two huge events. One is Christmas, one is Anime Expo. So basically, we're just preparing for, you know, six months ahead of time. We're trying to roll out whatever, you know, new sort of things that we're going to be doing. Uh, so we can get them out you know, in place before Christmas because Christmas is just so busy. We can't do anything. Uh, during that season other than just fill the orders. So uh, it's a definitely busy time right now. It's like Anime Expo is kind of like a Christmas, though, to the, to the, oh, all yeah, the fans. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Anime Expo is, is you know, the most glorious thing ever. If you were at the show last year we or this year, we had um, you know, a real successful booth. Basically, we had to enclose it because we sell adult products, which actually turned into a blessing because, of course, everyone was like, wow, there's this huge line of people What's in there? I better go stand in that line. And, I was going to say the out. mystery of it. Every, yeah. Everyone wants to know what's mm-hmm. behind the curtain. Right. And then inside, because they weren't, you know, they were sort of in this in this zone where no one would judge them. They were able to to talk hentai, you know, very freely. <laughs> and it was really kind of neat. We were having the most interesting conversations. Hentai liberation. <laughs> yeah. So what what was the what was the most popular thing yeah. at Anime Expo? What what flew off the shelves or what were people no, most I'll, surprised? I want to know what the most popular hentai item was. <laughs> Well, we, we basically we're, we're kind of known for our, our male prostate health management uh, products. And so uh-huh. we basically brought a, literally a U-Haul truck filled with them. <laughs> and we brought way too many. And I said, you know, just trust me, it'll be OK. And, they, and they, like, my staff was like, oh, no, we don't need this many. So we just brought them all anyway. And we literally sold all but like two that we had stuck in a box. Somewhere. Wow. So it was it was amazing. Now, 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 follow up question. When you say male prostate health. Really? Are we talking? Uh, basically, they're, they're anime-themed uh, fleshlight-style toys made with Japanese sensibilities and qualities. So that's it's really popular right now. I mean, you just never know who's listening that might want to buy that. So Yeah, no, oh, yeah. That's, that's true. They're called Unoholes. So if you just go to our site oh, yeah. and search, we've got like 200 or so in stock. And if you if you like Rem from ReZero, well, we've got a parody uh, toy of that. If you like, uh, you know, Emilia, you've got, we've got one of that. So we've got basically that, that's sort of the, there's a whole bunch of different, there's a bunch of different companies doing a bunch of different things, but one of the most popular is a company called Tama Toys and they do the, the anime parody. Like there's one of, um, Megumin from, from Konosuba, for example. So if you really like Megumin, now you can love Megumin. Hey, you know, it's all, it's all fun. Well, and just to remind everyone that while we are super pro, love what you love, and and don't be shy about the fact if you enjoy hentai, at the same time, if you don't enjoy hentai, JList.com does have a non-adult mirror site, JBox.com, so you can mm-hmm. get all of the, the other goodies that JList offers without the hentai. So if, if that's your speed, then cool. If you want the hentai, then head over to JList.com. So, so basically, JList.com has everything, and then JBox.com has just our all-ages stuff. So if you like the Japanese snacks, you like the figures, 
you don't want to accidentally look at, you know, something too sexy, go to jbox.com. Perfect. In other words, jlist.com at home, jbox.com at work. <laughs> Another way to look at it. Now, so looking forward to Christmas, is there anything that you think is going to be a big hit this year or anything that you see releasing maybe figure wise or I know calendars are always a big thing around the new year. Um, is there calendars anything? Big, yeah. um, it's always hard to know. Um, like we've got right now, probably we won't have it on the site by the time this this airs, but we've got a uh, Mako from prison school. We've got a mouse pad of her, but it's it's like a full size mouse pad. It's like a gigantic three foot by two foot uh, Opie mouse pad, and that's like currently everyone is sort of going crazy about it. Um, yeah, you just never know. By the time Christmas hits, a lot of products. I mean, Japanese com- Japanese companies are odd sometimes. They'll do the weirdest things, like they'll they'll release a, a Santa themed toy and they'll have it come out in January instead of <laughs> November, which is much more logical. They just don't get. That sounds like Walgreens. That's okay. Walgreens does that. Except for the reverse. Like Christmas is almost already in. Yeah, Christmas is like August. We always start Christmas early and then sometimes people give us grief. Well, we have to give people time to order their products. So we're we're starting Christmas like as soon as possible. And then we're just sort of we'll be apologetic if we're if we're jumping the gun. But we need people to they want to get their order in and they want to like order it with Sal shipping, which is the cheaper shipping. And if we do that in you know December, well, it's too late. You have to order with EMS shipping, which well, is more expensive but very reliable. That's actually that's actually a really good point to bring up. So if people are shopping for Christmas for anime goods or making up and a wish list for Christmas, yes, I I know everyone listening that you're like Chiaki. It's only September, but but. Peter, you do raise a great point that for shipping from Japan, that takes time unless you want right. to pay more. So at what point would you recommend people doing their Christmas shopping if they want to get the cheapest shipping possible, but make sure that whatever it is they're ordering does arrive before safely before Christmas? Certainly October is best and then early November is OK, but like just shipping slows down as Christmas approaches yeah. So it's kind of like approaching the speed of light and the fat, the closer you get, the slower you get. So something like that. So, uh, yeah, just try to, you know, get, especially if there's stuff like calendars, just pre-order them and then you can get them, you know, as soon as we get them in, we'll ship them out to you, things like that. Okay. Excellent. So do you have any other, one upta- thing, oh, sorry, go one on. One thing yeah. we're doing now is we're doing, um, we're doing a Megumi sticker. So I'll tell you, we, at, at the convention, we did a bunch of new things this year. And we did uh, one thing we did with these really cute Megumi stickers. Megumi is our, is our character. And then we did these pins. We did these pins that said, I bought hentai at J-List. So if you come to our booth, <laughs> you get one of the pins. Uh, so people love those. So we're, we're doing some of those online now. So this month, we've got uh, a li- limited number of Megumi stickers. So you get that if you order. And then we've got a surprise for October. So if you're if you're interested in that, maybe you'll get something cool uh, with your order if you order in October. Um, so I think it's kind of fun. People like like something that's limited and, and you know order and you get this cool thing in your in your package. So we like to experiment and always be doing new things. And that's that's one of the things that I've always loved about JList is that you guys do a lot of sort of different things like your snack box subscriptions or grab bags around New Year's or, you know, there's always there's always something going on. And and I know it's an interesting blend. of it. It's like it's a changing carousel of products. 
Yeah, it's it's we always consider, I mean, like like we consider ourselves a giant mirror that reflects all of Japan. And therefore, that's why, of course, there's some sexy stuff and there's some regular stuff. And so we're we're just trying to. And of course, Japan changes all the time. There's always something new going on in the industry. So we're trying to always change and, you know, catch the right the right balance of, of products that that reflects what what's happening in the industry here. Very cool. Well, speaking of things that are, you know, currently happening and whatnot, our main topic this past week on our regular podcast was actually talking about North Korea and yeah. their decision to and, and and how they've been a bad bad whiny child. Yes. As so I say. So so you say. So I said it. Um but we actually, you know, we we have we have some friends still in Japan and they were talking about how they woke up to air raid sirens and whatnot, and at like six a.m. it was just just wanted to get you know your updates of of what things from your perspective of, are like of where you are and and all that. Basically, I mean, yeah. So so basically, like when they uh, about ten days ten days ago they shot a missile over Japan, which they've done I think one other time, um, and then but this time everyone who has an iPhone or an Android phone got this this thing called J Alert. And it went, you know, rah, 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 and it woke us all up. And it was basically it's the same system that that will now tell us if an earthquake is coming. Um, and and that was very unpleasant. We're all like, "Whoa, what the hell?" So so everyone was just sort of, you know, disturbed by that because their their phones are like literally ringing them awake. Um, but yeah, basically, I mean, we've we've been here before. It's it's they've they've launched missiles over Japan before. They've they've made threats before. Um, I, I like to think it's all just part of a little dance that they like to do and they're doing it slightly differently or more aggressively because there's a new president and, and they're trying to see what reactions they can get. Um, you know, it's, it's, we assume that it's something that will be managed because it always has been, but you never know if, if maybe, uh, if Kim Jong-un is sick and he thinks he's, you know, if he's like, well, I'm going to die, like, you know, like his father died or died pretty young. So maybe he'll like take out the whole the whole shebang as he goes out or something like that. That would be the fear. Uh, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's something we've all lived with. Um, it's it's, you know, like Japan, I think they're I always think they just sort of roll with it. On the other hand, you do see a lot of media reports about people who are actually worried and actually are thinking where where can they go underground which is, of course, quite difficult in Guma because there's nothing underground because we're a rural area. So we'll just hang out in our, uh, in our your, freezer of our, of our liquor store if we need to. Or, 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 in, your, or in your onsen because that's where I want to be when I go. It's, it's just, funny, actually. Onsens are already quite radioactive. People are so like, – like when Fukushima happened, everyone was so upset about radioactivity suddenly. <laughs> and I'm going, well, you know – Every onsen is a is a is a very measurable radioactive thing, and actually every city is a is a radioactive source. Every, yeah. If you just get out of Geiger counter and walk around Rome, you're going to have a much higher rating because that's just something that cities are. And every time you take a flight, you take an airplane flight, while you're getting a, a Fukushima dose for those eight hours or whatever, people are, are so funny. They just don't know how to react. They get emotional. They don't they don't sort of calmly assess things. So, so Peter, when you get a, an, a J alert for an earthquake, I imagine it's very different than when you get one for a missile. It may not sound different, I'm not sure, but what exactly, what kind of a message does it say to you in Japanese when showed, a missile is flying? It just showed that a missile is flying over, it said it's flying over this region, but then it was way up by Hokkaido, so I don't think it's very accurate. It was, it was you know, just, just warning you that, that there's something, you know, and it said like, 
get to a strong building or go underground. And I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're not in Tokyo. You know, we can't go subway. You know, that almost that almost sounds to me like a situation where it's like you have a significant other and they text you and they're like, we need to talk. And then they don't yeah. text you for 20 minutes. And you're like, what are we talking about? Like <laughs> a missile was fired. Where? When? What's happening? Like, that's kind of what it sounded like. Was that the feeling that was at, that you had or was it just yeah, a, yeah, a lot more calm? Yeah, I just went calm. back to sleep because it was like, okay, they fired a missile. They're just looking for attention. Basically, it's it's a toddler a toddler state and they just want attention. And if there's if they can't get anything to get them attention, they'll they'll do something else. I mean, it's, it's you know, there's really nothing there. There's. I, I don't think they would just start a war because they would realize that they would eventually lose. They have to be rational to, to understand that, you know, South Korea has a very good, well, well set up defense system. Obviously, Seoul is right there. That's, that's the problem is Seoul is right there with like 100 kilometers of the of the DMZ. So that's that's the main problem is they can do a lot of damage and therefore they have a lot of threat ability. Um, but it's interesting that, that in like you don't think of Koreans inside Japan, but there's, you know, for the longest time, Koreans were a very large or, or, or the number one um, uh, minority inside Japan. Uh, and then in Guma, where I am, which is like right in the exact center of the mainland of Honshu, um, there's a lot of Koreans and you, you know, you go to, there's a lot of great Korean places to eat. Um, and actually I went to a Back when I was a teacher, I worked at a school called Alex, which is a, a two year like like sort of trade school to learn English and other skills. Um, and so we, one of my jobs was to sort of go around just high schools and try to get students to come to our school after they graduated. And there's a there's a North Korean high school in Mayabashi. And so I went there. And it was really interesting because it was just like going to North Korea. It's this dreary ass school and you're just walking wow. through these dark halls. And there's a there's a picture of. Kim Jong Il and Kim Il Sung up on the up on the the classroom, and I'm like, "Hi, anyone want to learn English? It's really fun." And it was just like, "Wow, get me out of here! This is bizarre." Wow. And yet, I had a lot of Korean students, and and this is it's interesting, but they're called Zainichi Koreans, which means born in Japan and they're residing in Japan via a special visa sy system, and at any time they could become Japanese. And actually, Koreans they're Japanese. Who happen to have this Korean ancestor, just like an Italian American would be an American who happens to have an identity of, of being an Italian American. Um, but then, for obviously for cultural reasons and historical reasons, they maintain themselves separately. And there's quite a there's quite a big difference where you've got the South Koreans and the North Koreans, and they're all around here in Guma, and they like supposedly they're careful who they hang out with. They don't want to to be associated with the other group lest they be thought of being uh, you know, disloyal or something like that. And, and I guess there's some drama going on. That's pretty hard for us to, to sense, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And yet, of course, there's like, there's a Korean supermarket in my We go there, great, great, you know, great food and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's all, it's a part of Japan. Of course, Japan looks like this uniform place from afar and you get close and well, it's not that uniform at all. Of course, there's a, you know, Chinatown in in several cities, Kobe and Yokohama are the big ones. Um, you know, you've got a Korean, there's a Korea town in Tokyo. So we've got a lot of, you know, minority, a lot of different culture and stuff uh, inside Japan. And then you've got people like me, you know, Americans, uh, you know, messing up, messing up the wah or whatever we do. <laughs> what is, what is the general 
temperature of the as best as you can the, the general temperature of the people in Japan I mean are they I remember when I was teaching there some years ago the people that I would that were that were good enough in English to actually have real conversations a lot of them seemed to be rather afraid of North Korea and didn't want to have the violence and so but I haven't been there in, in quite a while and I, and I don't really get a good sense of how people feel about North Korea do you have any idea you have any sense about yeah, definitely it's, it's fear it's it's you know it's anger of why do we have to be in this position of being threatened by this, you know, this belligerent country, um, one of the biggest things that Korea did was they kidnapped North Korea. They kidnapped uh, something like 11 Japanese people over over like a 15-year period, including this this cute girl named Megumi, and she was sort of the the poster child for this whole for this whole thing. Um, you know, just normal Japanese people living along the Sea of Japan kidnapped and and stolen away to North Korea to serve out the rest of their lives as basically they were language teachers to train North Korean spies. And that really angered Japan so much. And of course, hundreds of people from South Korea have also been kidnapped in North Korea. And we don't, you know, it's hard to know all these things because we're far away from it. But, um, you know, it's great that that sort of got more anger than almost anything else because you're you're coming in and you're taking, you know, our, our cute, you know, Japanese high school girls and and kidnapping them and keeping them, and then she died, and then like her daughter came back or came to Japan. But meanwhile, it was just like well, it was very weird. Um, so yeah, I mean there, that would probably be the thing that Japanese are most angry about. And then of course, there's plenty of other things to be angry about, like North Korea had a has or had a a system where they literally will manufacture drugs in mass to try to to try to wreck Japan, and they, of course, wow. get, you know, any kind of currency. Uh, a lot of the counterfeit Japanese yen notes that are that are in Asia are, are all just being cut, printed by North Korea and it's just it's just you know everyone knows what's going on well, I didn't know so, that. so you know it's, it's pretty pretty belligerent place to live next to um, you, know, you know it's obviously you know there's, it's great to live in Japan but being next to North Korea is the is the thing that we're like hey we don't really like this you know well Japan's like in the hot pot of a lot of stuff I mean there's uh they have disputes over islands with China. I read an article about how Russia performed some really, uh, ex- um, really over-the-top military maneuvers or something on another island that they're that they're sort of com- competing with Russia over. That's near Manchuria, and now there's North Korea. Like Japan, just seems like they're in this hot spot. Like there's a lot of weird um, Southeast yeah. Asian hostility. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's probably normal. I mean, and, and like if you look at China, they're involved in. I, I did a blog post about it at one point, but it was something like 37 official things that are in that they're that they're saying no, this is our land, and then India says no, this is our land, and then the Philippines say no, this is our land, and Vietnam says no, this is our land. So that's sort of China does that. That's 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 a, a facet of post-war, you know, up and coming China. They're gonna they're gonna get their their whatever the German word for breathing spaces, I can't remember it, but you know, it's, it's all just, again, part of Asia. It's just something that you deal with and it usually doesn't cause problems. But I think like, um, what, I think Vietnam fought a real limited war and like 30 people died over, over some territorial claim in this, in the eighties. And of course, India fights small wars with China every once in a while. We were talking about how, if somebody were to go into North Korea and de-seat the government there, whether it be South Korea or or whether it's the U.S. or internal or whatever, that the – what Chucky, what do we say? It was 25 million people? Yes, 25. 25 million people in North Korea have to go somewhere. 
Um, and we know because we have South Korean friends and we've been in South Korea that we know that the South Korean people don't want the 25 million North Koreans because, well, it would be very destructive to their economy. Um, other than China, the only other place that makes any kind of sense for them to go would be Japan. Do you see Japan opening its doors at all to North Koreans uh, that are, yeah, that are I don't, fleeing? I don't know that that's... I, I can't imagine what... what what type of thing would play out? Um, I think that the most likely thing is that North Korea would would fail at some point just because of economic things. Um, then the other aspect is it's basically a it, it's being economically supported by China. So if China said, "Okay, we're going to do regime change," that would be one of the outcomes. But it, other than that, it's quite difficult to imagine it happening. I don't know what like they've had a lot of drama in the Kim family of of. Uh, one of the coolest guys, I uh, forgot his name, but but the uncle of the current ruler who was recently assassinated in Malaysia, he like tried to enter Japan on a fake passport because he wanted to go to Tokyo Disneyland. And everyone <laughs> oh, loves yes, him. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if he were the ruler of North Korea? And he was supposed to be. And then he got out of favor actually because of that, that time when he got uh, expelled from Japan for trying to go to Tokyo Disneyland. Um but yeah, it's, it's it's all a big question, and it's it's such a, a bizarre. It's it's like a the weirdest cult you can imagine, but then but then make a whole country based on that, and then give them nukes. I mean, it's it's as unpleasant a thing as you can imagine. On the other hand, you know they if if they start like I guess part of the like they you hear a lot about the the nuclear issue, but then the whole like they're they're their military system is based on artillery I ha- I've heard. And so they've got like, like more giant, huge guns that can fire more projectiles into South Korea than, than really has ever been considered before. And so even that is a whole, is a whole thing. I mean, just, there's just no good outcomes other than just keeping, just keeping the, the current state and keeping it from blowing up. And then at some point, I don't know if they, if they fail economically and can be unified or something like that. Um, but yeah, again, like, I don't think South Korea wants that. Um, yeah. I think the man who went to, wanted to go to North Korea's name was Kim Jong Nam. That's right. Yeah. I'm reading it. Yeah. And he was killed by poison in, in Kuala Lumpur, I believe. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Disneyland? Right. I know. So. So one of the things that honestly is on my mind right now. And I, it's a little bit of a topic shift. Uh-oh. So I apologize. Mm. But one of the things that is on my mind, because one is literally bearing down right now on us is hurricanes. And I've yeah, actually, yeah. I've spent the day doing a lot of hurricane prep. And I know over in Japan, you have your own set typhoons that come up through the Pacific. How has typhoon season been this year? Is um, it, is it, has anything been bad? Nothing that bad this time. Um, so far, of course, it's sort of just starting. September is the big is the big typhoon time. Um, yeah, basically, typhoons are something that comes up from the Pacific. Um, Okinawa gets them. Uh, you know, all, all of Asia, of course, the, the least the least prepared countries, Philippines, get them all the time. Yeah. Um, but up here, you know, we don't really get anything that's dangerous. Where, of course, I'm in the center of Japan, so I'm in the safest place you can be from stuff like that. Um, but yeah, by the time they get up here, they're, they've lost power a lot. Yeah. We're about to get, I remember one year, the, the really, um, Miyajima, the really nice, like 
1200 year old temple uh in like south of uh, hiroshima got really damaged by typhoons oh did we see them rebuilding that because every time last time we went there um two times ago they were rebuilding that temple oh that's true they were i don't know maybe it was maybe it was as a result of that not the one that's up in the mountains but the one that's down by the water by the by the tori yeah yeah so what is it like? I, I know, I know, as you said, you personally are in Guma. And so by the time a storm makes it up to you, it's it's usually weekend or, or not as serious. But, you know, being in the country, watching the news and all of that, what is hurricane preparation usually look like? Because here in the States, I mean, it, there's a rush on water. There's a rush on canned foods. There's a rush on gas. Is it is it the kind of same mentality over there or it, would you say it's different? Um, I don't really know because I'm not in the in the really affected areas. I'll, my my impression of Japan is that it's it's absolutely um, like in America we have our military and and we have a good military and we put a lot of resources into that. And Japan has a military. It's actually like the the third or fourth largest in the world based on on budget money. Um, but, but what Japan does is construction. They love to build things and, and they'll literally say, well, here's this mountain boy, there might be a landslide. We better, we better, we better make, you know, can't, can't allow a landslide. So we'll cover the mountain in concrete. And they do that. They'll have like a whole side of a mountain will be covered in concrete. And then they'll have like a wire protective thing, you know, chained to the things that can never fall down. Um, and so things like rivers are always so well designed and so well engineered so that, Flooding, actually, I don't think I, I've, I've I've heard of flooding. Mayabashi got flooded once, but it's really rare. Uh, it's it's as rare as they can make it because they're really good at engineering um, their rivers. A lot of times, like baseball is played on a flat area next to a river, and the river has been designed so that so it has this giant area to to overflow, and it won't come in and you know and, and you know mess up the city. And so, like a baseball diamond, it doesn't really matter if it gets washed away by a, by a flood. But you know, it's it's they're very good about engineering their their environment. That's and difficult. so, anything like along the ocean, there's seawalls and there's these you know, concrete like concrete. They look like tic tacs, but there's these giant concrete breakers that keep the flood from oh, yeah. or keep the the waves from doing damage. And those are everywhere. Every time you go to the beach, you see this signs of really really advanced. Um, engineering except for of course they they, they had they had seawalls and all those good things in place but of course it wasn't enough for the the 311 earthquakes that was just something that they hadn't planned for on that well, scale yeah, yeah i mean nothing could stop that right yeah well i mean by contrast we in the states seem seem um very ill-equipped for flooding i mean considering what we've seen in major cities over in texas and in other areas of the gulf region and now this it's a shame that we yeah. build in such low places i mean everyone the, the Japan Japanese had the same issue where they, they knew like there would be a sign that said, don't build anywhere below this point because it's going to eventually get flooded when there's an earthquake. And that would have been you know something that was written like 120 years ago. And of course, what do you do? You just build anyway and, and hope for the best. But yeah, it's like, why do we build cities in, in the lowest possible place? I don't know. I think I'm living at like two feet above sea level. <laughs> it's not really anything. Well, Florida too. Like what are you going to yeah. do? Most most of most of the the area that we're in, which is the Tampa Bay area, I'm if if the projections remain unchanged, I'll say it like that. And we are a couple days out. The still, European projections. But but if the projection remains unchanged, then there will be some mass flooding here. 
Yeah, sure. it's uh, um, what the, the 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 gust winds are two twenty right now. I wow. mean, I, I don't even know if that's a Cat Five anymore. What is that? That Cat Five Cat Five starts at like one fifty, right? Yeah, so one fifty. I think it's one fifty five. We've gone like way above that. Yeah, they need to invent another category. Well, please stay safe. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be manageable. Yeah my my personal my personal plan is uh, I'm boarding up and and probably getting out of town. I wonder how mm. wonder, wonder why there haven't been any anime yet about that at least that I've seen about about typhoons. There's definitely a like, Tokyo magnitude 8.0 that's about the earthquake in Tokyo, but I don't know that I've seen an, an, an anime about a uh, typhoon jet or like well, volcanoes. Funny, there's or there's anything. certain things like I'll I'll write about something and I'll say I want to get a, an image of this to post on Twitter or to put in my update. And there'll be certain topics that nobody ever covers. And and one of them I noticed was, you know how in school the students will say, Kiritz, mm-hmm. Chakseki, they'll, they'll stand up and bow to the teacher and then they'll sit down. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll find a picture of that. And literally I could only find pictures of it from the 1950s or something. And then, and then there are a few, like it was really hard to find, but I eventually found something. But it was like, why is that not shown? But... But, you know, boobs are shown much more. Obviously, we know why. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just something funny. Like certain topics are not taken up like dentists. I was looking for like anime images of a person at the dentist to talk about dentists or something like that. And it was like, well, hmm. sorry, we don't want to do that. Maybe because the dentists are unpleasant and, and no one wants to like fan art, too. There's, there's things that people will make tons of fan art about on Pixiv, but then nothing about other topics. And it's just kind of interesting, like when you notice that and you're like, well, what else is, is just sort of not ever, ever covered in this medium. Maybe, maybe people are rather siloed. I mean, I would think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe going to the dentist isn't interesting, but I think that natural disasters are rather exciting. I mean, they're terrible to people that are negatively affected, but I mean, think about how many natural disaster movies we have in Hollywood. And I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think I think the appeal of natural disaster movies are it, it comes from that mentality of humanity persevering and people persevering. And th- and there's usually I think the other thing that ends up making oftentimes natural disaster movies a bit feel good is that there's no there there's the villain is nature, I guess you could say. And so it's not like a you don't you can just root for everyone. The whole goal is to survive. I saw, my mother-in-law was watching, I think it was The Towering Inferno. It was this really old movie. And I was like, whoa, what are you watching? And it was just, uh, you know, back in the 70s, they had that where generic fire story, generic earthquake story, generic plane is going to crash story. And that was, that was like a staple of the 70s. Yeah, I feel like we got a bit of that because I'm trying to think like, Mount, or there's a, there was a Mount St. Helens movie. Like Dante's that, Peak. Uh, Dante's Peak. Yeah, there there was there was a stint of I mean, that. That's not quite in like the, the 70s. 90s yeah, that wasn't here. quite the 70s, but yeah, but I mean, like you know, what things are things are always coming yeah. back in in yeah. vogue. Volcanoes um, too. I remember the the one about LA getting like a volcano just plunked up right in the middle of LA. So I mean, if kind of kind of maybe starting to wrap things up a bit. If if it's not if it's not you know a worry about North Korea obviously typhoons haven't haven't really kicked in yet. What is the number one thing on the average Japanese person's mind, or the number hmm. one thing they're Good talking question. about on the news right now? Hmm. Um. I mean, like like North Korea is being covered right now, and it's funny. I was trying to get a, tw- a picture of it, like a tweeted, but the the picture changed. But like 
every tweet that, that Donald Trump makes is blown up and then translated by Japanese newscasters. <laughs> it's so funny to oh, see God. them like like two people standing there with a little pointer going and then this word represents this. And so it's just so funny when you when you realize the you know, obviously there's there's coverage of and Twitter is, is a huge source of news. So so it's covered in America, too. But like all around the world, there'll be, you know, people talking about it and debating whether this word represents this or this. And it's just kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's concern. All they can do is be concerned and hopefully it'll then, you know, go back as it always has. Um, uh, you know, it's it's literally it's like we've been through this like three or four times where we're like, oh, no, what do we do if, if something actually happens um, in in Guma where we are Guma? As I said, it has a lot of Koreans here. Literally, I've heard, oh, don't worry, they won't bomb Guma because the pachinko companies are all here. And that is a big source of money for North Korea, because <laughs> that's like one of the. The things that is traditionally Korean owned, and then there's a lot of people of North Korean descent who send money back, and so that's that's something that will that will will be protected, but because of that, because there are a lot of family people here. So I don't know if that's true or not, but that'd be well, an interesting idea. You know what? Thank God. I mean, if if all else fails, at least Pachinko will survive. Right. Well, I think I think that is that is a good moral of the story to end on is that when the day is darkest. Look for the sound of a pachinko parlor. You'll hear it from like yeah. two miles. And running there, it should be safe. I bet they have like basements underneath too. They, they don't really have that many windows. It's usually just the windows in the front. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's just a box. So maybe the pachinko parlor is the safest place. Just not for your wallet. Just not for it's your wallet. Like or your ears. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for joining us, for letting us know about what's going on at J-List, what's coming up for Christmas season, when people need to get in their orders, because... When it comes to ordering anime stuff from Japan for Christmas, this is actually one of the few areas don't roll your eyes at, get it done early. It's like 200 anime figures on pre-order or something, some crazy number. Just yeah. It's like a paradise of anime figures. So be sure to check all of that out, jlist.com if you want the full site that has all the naughty stuff jbox.com if you are at work or just want to skip all of the hentai 18 plus stuff. Um, Peter, is there anything else that you want to, that you forgot to mention earlier or just want to mention again before we close out? Um, no, just maybe check out our J-List box, uh, boxes. Basically it's a monthly box that we send you Japanese snacks, uh, Japanese, you know, seasonal goodies and toys. And then of course we have our Etsy box. Um, those have been quite popular. So we, uh, if you go to jlist.com slash box, you can see the current ones, um, or you can just go to the site and we've got them there too. So if you're interested in that, check that out. And uh, we'll have some good stuff for everybody before and around Christmas, hopefully. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. And I hope you have a, a great rest of your day, week, month. Stay safe. Hopefully North okay. Korea you too. Don't blow stays away. normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Peter. Take care, right, everyone. Take care. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.